It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here's Raquel, lead pass, two-on-one developing, Gensel trying to throw it off, there he is, Crosby getting the pass, a shot right on it, a great save by Aaron Dell, point blank against Sidney Crosby to keep the score 1-0 Pittsburgh. Face-off drops, it is 1-0 Pittsburgh, just underway in the second, here comes Gensel, lead pass, Crosby breaking in, gets the shot on goal, and a second point blank save off Crosby by Aaron Dell. Beautiful That's job. got to lift up the team right there, to Pedersen. Plays it across the ice. That was intended for Gensel off his stick. Meyer's got some room to skate. He's down the left wing. Here comes Meyer, driving toward the goal. Heading to the net. He stars! Timo Meyer puts the Sharks back in the game with a display of power and skill. With 4.03 left in the third, it's the Penguins 2, the Sharks 1. Barabanov has it. Dell looking for the signal from the bench as Barabanov shoots in. There he goes. Extra attacker coming on. Oh no, it's off of a stick. It's a lead pass for Gensel. Empty net, score! Bad timing. Bad bounce for the Sharks, and Gensel gets his second goal, his 23rd of the season, into the empty net to make it 3-1 Pittsburgh at 19:22. Time on the clock. I didn't think we had any of that tonight. I thought we had execution. I thought we had energy. I thought we played a good hockey game. You know, obviously, not happy with the result, but... You know, I know our home record isn't anywhere near what we need it to be, and our road record's better, and believe me, we sit and look at it, and I don't think we've played much different at home. We just, you know, just find, as we've all touched on, it's been some frustrating losses during the course of the season, and unfortunately more have happened at home than on the road. All right, good afternoon, everyone. How are we all doing? We are getting ready for the Sharks to take on Vegas in Las Vegas tonight, and Vegas you know, they are not as good as they were earlier in the year. I will definitely acknowledge that. But they've got a little bit of the Sharks thing going on where they are considerably better on the road than they are at home. Away from home, they are 17-5-4. At home, 15-13-0. So definitely something to take into account. Now, injuries have played a factor in them not being as good as they were earlier in the year. Still an impressive record, though, 32-18-4. and And they've won three games in a row as it looks like they are starting to pick back up after they cooled. And the San Jose Sharks, they've been playing better hockey as of late. Yes, they had that loss that you heard a couple highlights of bringing us into this episode. Um, you know, Darren Dell stepped up and did exactly what was asked of him. Neither of the goals were on him, in my opinion. The Sharks went up against a red-hot goalie into Smith, who just seemed like he was able to stop everything. The Sharks shot his way throughout the course of that game until Timo Meyer very appropriately powered his way into the net and took the puck with him to get the Sharks into the game late. Sharks tried to pull the goalie. Empty netter makes it 3-1. Like, that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, you always think that, you know, if you just have a break go your way or something just small happen, then maybe you can get that bounce, but didn't go down that way. If we look at the Sharks tonight, we heard from David Quinn, and you're going to hear from him too in a couple of minutes here. Uh, Capo Kakinen is going to be the starting goalie tonight. Uh, Nick Chichek has been recalled. He said he had not determined his final mind on what the lineups were going to be, so we will have to wait and see 
what exactly this does turn into in terms of the lineup for the San Jose Sharks. I know the other night he was not happy with what he saw with Kevin LeBanc. He didn't say specifically LeBanc, but he said his line. And one of the things you're going to hear that Quinn said that actually kind of surprised me was that he said that he liked the direction that Tomas Hurdle's game has been trending. I disagree. I, I was really, really, you know, just somewhat flummoxed by Hurdle the other night because he just didn't look like he was engaged. He got pushed off the puck too easily. He just didn't look like his normal self. And I think his body language has been bad for a little while now. And I think that we can all acknowledge that losing is not fun. And there are a lot of things that we, you know, would imagine would be difficult to go through. And being a guy like Hurdle who had been on nothing but good teams for the start of his career and signs a big contract and is having some tough times in terms of putting pucks in the back of the net. You know, he's only had about one in the last month, and that was an empty netter. You know, this has not been his stretch of scoring. It's the second extended streak he's had like this all year long, because if you go back to the start of the season, he only had one in the first 10 games. Um, you know, he wears that letter on his chest. He is making the big money. He is a leader on this team in his demeanor and in his play on the ice. And he's got to play to that. He's got to play to the contract. He's got to play to the letter. He's got to play to the fans. I mean, everyone's looking at Tomas Hurdle to be one of those guys that picks the Sharks up when they're not having a great night. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I was so disappointed the other night. It's because you look at Tomas Hurdle and you say, all right, here's your time. Here's your chance. Here's your moment. And he just didn't step up. And I think that's what I was so frustrated about. It just it felt like such an opportune time for him to get back into form, to have a big night, to be able to break through with a goal to get the Sharks back into it, or then maybe after they made it 2-1, put on the extra attacker, maybe they get that opportunity to tie it at 2-2 and have a hero's moment in overtime maybe as well. I mean, we saw him do it last year. He had that natural hat trick to give the Sharks a win, and the, the third one came in overtime, I believe. You know, those are the kind of moments that we associate with Tomas Hurdle. He has so much skill. He has so much ability, and I just didn't like his game the other night. So, you know, I hope that he does feel a little better. It's like I've said before, like I've been there with the young family before. It is challenging. And even if you're a professional athlete, it can still suck it out of you. And you can be, you know, just off your game or have some things going on, like all a part of life. I acknowledge it. I don't blame it. I've always liked Hurdle's effort. I just didn't like his game the other night. I just thought he looked not like himself. He just didn't look like the Tomas Hurdle that I am used to seeing. And you know what I'll go and say to that is that there's no better time for Tomas Hurdle to come bounce back and look like himself than tonight because they are going to need it against this Vegas team. Vegas is good. No, make no doubt about it. This is a good team. They may not be as good by the record as they were, um, but you know, since they've entered the league, they've been a perennial cup contender. And I think that they have to be taken very, very seriously. And I think the Sharks need to go into this game looking to bring their A game, play it just like they did some of the other upper echelon teams in the NHL. They've played well against a lot of those top tier teams in the NHL. They've beaten Vegas already once this year. It's time for the Sharks to do it again. Here is head coach David Quinn talking about Tomas Hurdle earlier today. Yeah, I do. I do. I like uh, skating more. I think he's more involved. I think he's starting to get a little bit more of his confidence back. Uh, you know, their line's been threatening, so... You know, I think it, I think his game's certainly gone to a little bit of a different level here the last few games. And he has a better eye than me. He might be seeing things that I don't. I just thought Tomas Hurdle looked off the other night, and he's looked off a lot lately. But maybe he is seeing what he needs to see in order for Hurdle to have the breakout that we are all waiting for. And so that is, again, something we are hoping to see sooner rather than later because the Sharks need Tomas Hurdle to win. That's essentially what it comes down to. And Quinn offered a little bit more on Hurdle. Yeah, I think maybe all of that, uh, you know, it's a long year and I think a lot of guys uh, embrace the opportunity to get a little bit of a break. Uh, 
So, you know, he certainly looks like he's benefited from it. And, you know, like we touched on, he's, he's played at a, at a higher level here the last few games. The other one that we're talking about right now in terms of the rumor mongering is Timo Meyer. Now, we've heard him associated with a number of teams, but now we're starting to hear about these Toronto rumors. I saw this from a number of different sources, but I'll cite this one from Sportsnet. It was an article uh, written by Luke Fox. He said the Timo Meyer sweepstakes are in full swing, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are reportedly one of four teams sharpening their pencils and prepping their best offer. This is what Elliot Friedman had to say about what's going on in Toronto. Uh, you have to go for it when your team has shown that it deserves you to go for it. And this team has done it. And, you know, do I think he's going to try to take a big swing? Yeah, I do. So am I guaranteeing he's going to do it? No, I, but I think he's going to try. And I do think at this point in time, one of the things he's kind of looked at is that it might be more important for them to get a forward than a D. I, I do think he's looking into that right now. So ask yourself right now, where is Toronto? They are nowhere near where Boston is in the Atlantic. Boston's got 85 points. Toronto's got 74. Boston's got 40 wins, 8 losses, and 5 overtime losses. Toronto has got 33 wins, 14 losses, and 8 overtime losses. They're not going to catch them. But would the addition of a player like Timo Meyer to Toronto make them that much more dangerous and allow them to potentially beat Boston if those two teams go head-to-head in the playoffs or give them a better chance of surviving through the Eastern Conference should Boston get knocked out before they would have to face them? Yeah, Timo Meyer is a huge addition to a team like Toronto, who already has remarkable talent there, but we all know how good you have to be to win in the modern NHL. The NBA loves to talk about itself, some super teams. Well, I present to you the modern NHL. You have to be so good and so deep and so balanced that it nearly knocks your head off. I mean, even Colorado, even if they don't have as many superstars as some of the other teams, I mean, people will be talking about Kale McCarr a little bit differently in a couple of years, but you look at their overall overwhelming team speed they had last year. That allowed them to be that much better, even without quite as many superstars. But if you look at the Pittsburgh teams, if you look at the Tampa Bay teams, you know, you look at the teams that have won, they generally have multiple superstars in recent hockey memory. Yeah, a team like St. Louis can do it. They can get red hot and be a completely different team from one half of the year to the next, but that's just not something that you can rely on. It takes a ton of talent to win in the NHL right now. And if you're the general manager of Toronto and you don't have a contract beyond this year, are you going to swing big to try and get yourself a chance to make that deep run to get past the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, you bet you are. What's the worst that could happen? You either end up without a job, which is what a lot of people are saying, A, or B, you end up with a team that makes a deep run and maybe ends up as the Stanley Cup champions. If you do that with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're a legend forever. You get a contract extension. You never buy a drink in that city again. Timo Meyer help you do that? Oh, you better believe it. You would better believe it. And good Lord, this makes me miss when the Sharks were in the thick of things every deadline. God. I, guys, I know it's tough right now, but just talking about what other teams are doing, it does, it gets the juices flowing. I get super excited for this stuff because we will be there again. I, I'm very, very confident in that. And it's just so much fun. This, I mean, the speculation, you know, it's not as good as the good games, but to be part of that chatter about the teams that are acquiring, to hear your team associated with other big-time stars that are out there on a rental or as the ability to change your team's trajectory to make you that much better as you get deeper and deeper into the year, I mean, it is pretty exciting. And I miss it. I loved the trade chat. I mean, Doug Wilson, my hat off to him. That man made some MF and moves. 
Back to Team Teal, though. One guy who has been playing particularly well as of late is Alexander Barabanov. This is what head coach David Quinn said about him. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about his game. Obviously, he's got a lot of hockey intelligence. Love how he protects pucks along the wall. He's competitive. Um, you know, can really make plays. So, you know, he's had a really good year. And, you know, I think the things that we got to keep working on from a shooting standpoint, he's got to shoot more pucks, got to be ready to shoot it a little bit more. But, you know, I've liked his game. And you need smart guys like that around. Like Alexander Barabanov is not going to be the uh, guy who blows you away with his raw physicality, even though he is a good athlete. I'm just saying he doesn't particularly flash the way that some of the speedier guys do. But I do like his game, his 10-2 and two ability. He's very good just kind of making things happen in space. You see him set guys up. You see that he sees the play before it happens. And I think you need more guys like that on a team like the Sharks right now just to show the other guys that maybe don't have the incredible skill set what they can develop because I think teammates should be learning from teammates. I think that's something that we saw Jumbo and Patty and Logan and Pavelski do so well in their time with the Sharks. Even Logan, it's still going right now, but you see them teaching guys. And I think guys look at Eric Carlson. I think they do look at Logan Couture. I think they look at Timo. I think they look at all these different styles of players and say, okay, what can I borrow from him to make myself overall a better player. And I think that you look at Alexander Barabanov and you look at the mental ability of his game and you have to say, that's something I need to incorporate into my own game. Listen, I mean, this team's, uh, you know, vying for Stanley Cups year in and year out. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that they have, they've got veteran depth up front on the blue line. I really like their decor. Um, obviously, they uh, went through a little bit of a skid there, but seem to be playing better as of late. And, you know, like you said, they've had a lot of injuries this year, and I think Bruce has done a great job keeping this thing together and keeping it at the top of our division. And not everybody knew if Vegas was going to be that this year, and credit to them for getting Bruce Cassidy and allowing them to flourish under his system, even with the injuries that they've suffered. And like I said, with the three straight wins that they're rolling on, it looks like they are getting things worked out after they had some hiccups there. But, you know, this again is a tough challenge for the Sharks tonight, but it is also another opportunity for them to test themselves because I always say if you're Mike Greer – if you are David Quinn, then you need to see specifically the best in your division and where exactly you stack up. More from Quinn talking about that top line with Eichel. Have the puck, and when they have it, make sure you're taking away time and space on them quickly. I mean, to me, when he's on the ice or any player of that caliber, you've got to make sure the decisions you're making are uh, a lot more calculated and, and thought out uh, than they are maybe in other situations. you got to make sure that you're... Uh, taking care of the puck and making good decisions with it and make them defend. It's the best way to, to, to alleviate players like that. I mean, the Sharks, if anything, go into this game knowing they have to be ready from puck drop because Vegas can score. They can put points on the board very, very quickly, and you need to be ready for that. I think that's the most important thing that we've seen with the Sharks in the games they've had success with. It's having the ability to not just score first, but just be able to roll with your opposition, absorb the blows, absorb the things that they are going to bring at you. You know, Vegas, again, they have not been as good as maybe I thought they were going to be. But they are still very good, and they could be having that correction after they went through those bumps in the road. Now, tonight, I am also very curious to see how Capo Kakinen does against a team that is as potent as Vegas, because Vegas is, well, they, they can bring it. If you go back to November when the Sharks got the 5-2 win over the Golden Knights, it was James Reimer who stopped 24-26 shots. Good night overall for the Sharks. They really kept Vegas pretty frustrated throughout the course of the game. But if you go back to October... 
That was a game where the Sharks had a 2-1 lead and then it all went to hell in the third period as Vegas scored three unanswered and went on to win by a final of 4-2. But that was another game for James Reimer. The Sharks had a number of defensive breakdowns, if I'm recalling, over the course of that game, even though it looked like the Sharks were in uh, in control after the second period because they were down one nothing after the first. Then they went up 2-0 in the second. They got goals from um, Sturm and Nieto. But it is wild to go back and look at that lineup. You look at Luke Cunning, he's out due to injury. Matt Nieto no longer on the team. He's been traded. Jacob Magna no longer on the team. He's been traded. And we have to assume there is more coming down the pipeline, which is why we've talked about the Timo Meyer rumor mongering going on. And then also the uh, Eric Carlson rumor mongering going on as well. The Oilers being the team that keeps on picking up steam, although they want something like 40 to 50% retention on Carlson. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody does, right? You get him for like $7 million, everybody would be after that. But I think I've heard in the past, the rumors have been that the team would want like 18 to 25% retention, not double that. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's very hard to try and figure out what is smoke and what is fire right now. But I will temper that by saying there's a lot of smoke for a reason, guys. Like this is still a project that Mike Greer is on and things are going to change and we are expecting change. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that only impacts the long term. In the short term, I think guys are showing that they want to be here. I think guys are fighting hard. I think that's why you've seen a uptick in performance as of late for the team. I think that they are playing better hockey and consistently showing improvement. Again, it's been non-linear as we all expected, but lately I have seen some things, you know, going in the right direction. I mean, you know, look no further than Arendelle having such a big performance the other night and Timo Meyer continues to play out of his mind and Eric Carlson's playing out of his mind and you're looking at you know Logan Couture continue to be a powerful two-way player you're looking at improvements from other players um, you know like I said Hurdle I you know I don't know what's been going on with him as of late I expect him to bounce back and start producing at the level that we're all used to um, but right now it's just a matter of the Sharks kind of getting through the hardest part of the year and at game 56 I feel like I can say that they are better than they were previously but at the same time, it's a matter of continuing that growth because we hate the losses and we know they're going to be there. But it did feel like the last game was one of those games where you looked at and you said, OK, this was a positive loss. And I say that unironically and I say that not to be cute or anything, but it's like they looked good in the game. It didn't go their way when all was said and done, but it was a competitive game 2-1 to the cl- closing moments. And they pulled the goalie trying to find the game tying goal and it just didn't work out in their favor. And that's OK. I don't have a problem with that. The effort was there. They went up against a good goalie. They were the better team out there on the ice, in my opinion. But it shows me that it's a growth sign because Pittsburgh, playing for their playoff lives, were also a team that the Sharks had beaten previously and are one of those teams that does tend to get better as we get into the post-All-Star break time of the year. But the Sharks played them toe-for-toe the entire game, and yeah, they went down 2 nothing. but it's not like that game got away from them. They played it well in big situations, like Dell making a huge stop with about two minutes left in the first period when Pittsburgh was buzzing. And then I go back to the uh, kill towards the end of the second period when it's already a 2-0 game, and you think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to add on to it. The Sharks keep them at bay. They give themselves a chance to get back into it. They do get that goal from Timo Meyer that makes it a one-goal game with a couple of minutes left. They've got an opportunity. They pull the goalie. It's 3-1. That's all she wrote. I'll take that any day of the week. You know, that's the type of loss that I will stomach and say they played well. They got beat by a team that was able to get a big performance from their goalie. They created a lot of offense. They created a lot of shots. It just didn't get in the back of the net. 
I liked what I saw overall, and that's what I'm hoping to see again tonight versus Vegas, a team that's not playing for their playoff lives, but trying to reestablish themselves in the overall talk of the top teams in the NHL. And, you know, if they get healthy and they keep on rolling in the right direction, yeah, Vegas is going to be good. But we are out of time. Be sure to join us at 6.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for the Sharks to visit the Golden Knights. And then game broadcast starts at 7 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And I will be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 for Morning Tide. Again, all right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.